Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the show. How's your bracket? <laughs> I am the host of Back to the Window. I am Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com, joined by Mr. Vegas. Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. There you go. Together we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as we try to guide everybody through the journey to, of course, head back to the window and cash those winning tickets. Scott, piece of bad news to get the show started. We are uh, not going to be joined by Allie Burns today. She uh, apparently is chasing her cat. She Her cat got out. She is very distraught. We wish her nothing but the best. I have pets. I've got uh, three cats. I've got a dog. So I totally understand when the pet's gone, everything else stops. So good luck to her, and we'll see her next week. Sorry you can't make it this week. I think we're going to be joined by Chris later on. So as far as a... Uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a lateral move as far as handicapping goes. It is definitely a downgrade as far as uh, sprucing up the show with the uh, R two ugly mugs. So not good, not good. But hopefully we'll have him on here in a little while. How'd your day go? How'd your brackets, buddy? Uh, my brackets are hanging in there. I I can't say that I feel as good about my UCLA pick because I decided to go completely rogue. I went for an Armageddon approach. I expected a bunch of teams to fall apart. I picked UCLA. They ended up winning, uh, barely, uh, but they won, which means I didn't have Kentucky in my final four, so it could be a lot worse. What did you think about that Vermont call off the back of the hand? Did you agree with that? Did you think that was a clear and decisive uh, view to overturn that out-of-bounds play there at the end of the game? I thought it was too close to overturn for me, but at the end of the day, Arkansas won the game anyway. As for the cover, it was kind of screwed once the Vermont guy hit that ridiculous three-pointer coming around that screen on the wing. Mm -hmm. He still had a shot there. We'll actually talk about that in a little while. But still, Arkansas won the game. I know they didn't cover, but did it have that much of an impact on the actual game? Uh, yes, it did, because they were they were down two points with under, what, 20 seconds left, and they would have had the ball. Instead, they gave up the ball. So, yeah, I'd say that was a pretty big pretty big swing. I'm trying to actually remember the exact situation. They were down two. I just told you they were they were down two, and Arkansas turned it over. They they trapped them. They trapped them on the sideline, got what appeared to be the turnover, and then did not get the turnover. So okay. huge huge swing. I, I think I had it uh, reversed in my head where I thought Vermont trapped. So my bad. I I flipped it. Yep. Yep. Very good. Uh, Ninja says call the cops on Scott. The uh, the under today was free money. Yeah, that's right. It's uh it's. A rare day. We come on the air. I've already hit my play of the day. Had the under in the Loyola game. Scott, you and I were talking about that game. Ohio State won despite shooting uh, one for 15 from downtown and turning the ball over 17 times. They won by double digits. They are the first team since 1961 to win a tournament game with scoring less than 60 points. So, I'm also kind of annoyed, J.C. Stone, because I was actually going to bet that, and I completely forgot to do it this morning. <laughs> Yeah, South Carolina women in the one versus sixteen matchup. They're laying forty-four, and JC's telling me they're up forty-four to four at the half. Forty-four. Yeah, I I knew South Carolina was going to kill Howard, where no matter what the spread was, I thought they'd win by fifty. But truth is, I completely forgot about betting it. That's my bad. And quick reminder to everybody: that's a tournament game. <laughs> that's yeah. not. That's not non-con game. Well, I mean, it is a non-con game, but it's a tournament game. Well, you think game. that the men's tournament swaps oh, out ones versus 16s. It's horrific. A fun fact for you, by the way. The women's tournament, 
uh, 16 seeds, 15 seeds, and 14 seeds have a combined one win in the entire history of the women's NCAA tournament. Well, we saw more than that yesterday, didn't we? Just saying, one. 16, 15, and 14 combined have one win in the NCAA tournament for women. Brutal, brutal. All right, so let's uh, let's get our housekeeping out of the way first. As always, thanks for joining us here on the show. Don't forget to like this particular video. Don't for, excuse me. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, both the Winners and Winders YouTube channel, and of course the Max Wagers Network. It's the best. It's the best combination since uh, chocolate and peanut butter, Scott, as they put the Winners and Winders folks together with the Picks and Parlays folks and stirred it all up, and it comes out as Max Wagers Network. So it's the best of both worlds, so make sure you get over there and check out their offerings. Of course, Sean Higgs doing the midday show. The Plus Money Honey, the aforementioned Allie Burns, doing her thing there at the... Uh, uh, what's the uh, it's what's the what's the, what's the name of her show? I, I I'm I'm totally blanked. Oh, uh, Morning Wood, Morning Wood. Sorry, Good Morning Wood, and then we were on Total Chaos. And then Chris King and Jim Williams doing their parlay show. By the way, Scott, uh, uh, Chris still hot on the parlays. I played his six teamer yesterday, thirty five to one, sir. It hit, it hit. Yeah. Play, played it personally. So if you are not checking out Chris King, and uh, he even does premium picks as well. My premium players, if I had a six to one parlay for my premium players, they they wouldn't leave for a year. So, for God's sakes, get over there and check that out. Of course, then at uh, three o'clock Eastern time, it is Scott and I doing our thing, followed up by the cleanup hitters, and that's uh, Larry and or excuse me, um, 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 Detroit Lenny and his crew doing game time decisions with Tim Earl. And uh, yeah, by the way, Lawrence, I also had the under in the second half of that Loyola game. Yeah, yeah, very good. Good times. Very good. Uh, you go to Vegas, Scott, and it's 70 degrees in upstate New York. There you go. So you got on the plane, it was it was snowing, right? Yep, or it was snowing the day before. All right, so... Uh, well, I'm probably going to have a late night, though, because, of course, my flight back to New York is leaving at 7 a.m., so I'll probably pull an all-nighter tonight, so we'll see what happens. Good luck to you, sir. Oh, that's right. By the way, Lawrence, yeah, you're welcome. If, I don't know if you remember this, but you remember last minute when somebody asked us for golf picks? Yes. So I mentioned three guys. I said Morikawa, Burns, and Answer. And Burns was actually tied for the lead after the first round. So if you took Burns' first round leader, you actually made money. Outstanding. Outstanding. Hey, somebody asking us about Miami and USC. I'm going with USC. Got to. Got to. Even though it's even though it's the Pac-12, it is the... Uh, the other down conference that we've talked about, we ran it about yesterday, and that's the ACC. Um, yeah, that's a uh, normally I'd take the points in that situation because I, I I think it's pretty close to a pick'em, but uh, I think USC is just just a better team, and I think they've, they've got a little better inside presence with Mobley. I will. Well, yes, I was going to say just to quickly interrupt there. Do you believe in coaches ATS in the tournament? Or do you believe that's just coincidence? Um, tells it tells me how many how many games. It depends on the body of work. If you've got three Ten. three games or a hundred games, then it's a different situation. Ten games, eh, getting close. Where I'll look at it, I, I'm, I'm sure I would base my entire decision on that. But it's something worth looking at. Yeah. So I'm bringing it up because U, USC's coach uh, Andy Enfield, in his entire career, is a nine and one ATS in the NCAA tournament. It's like um, 
the Texas coach with in bowl season as a, as a dog. Um, yeah, Herman. Herman, Tom Herman. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, my oldest kids throwing pro- it out there. So if you're on the fence and you want to back coaches, Enfield has the best ATS record of any coach with like a minimum of like five games for the you know for the spread in the tournament. So if you want to use that approach, I like USC. That seems like the cherry on top for me. Very good. Peter Wolf says my oldest kid is a professor at St. Pete's from Jesuit to Jesuit. <laughs> That's excellent. Bars. That's excellent nice. right there. Somebody asked me on Twitter, Scott, about if you'd have taken St. Peter's, New Mexico State, and Richmond, what that would have paid. It would have paid, uh, if you'd have taken those all on the money line, it, $100 would have brought you twenty-seven grand, my friend. Was twenty-seven grand or $270,000? dollars Not too shabby, buddy. Not too shabby at Not all. Bad. Uh, somebody asking about Davidson or Michigan State. Well, sir, I'll tell you. We talked about this yesterday briefly. I I didn't like this Davidson team after they got beat by Richmond. Now we saw a little something. Now you think Richmond's pretty good. Now we saw a little something out of Richmond yesterday. So Davidson has come up a little bit in my eyes. This is a pick Scott, I know that Michigan State has been our uh, our favorite whipping boy. Davidson, we talked about him yesterday. They are playing very well in non-con, 10-1 against the number. Who you got here? You got the big boys or you got the mids? I'm going with Davidson. Okay. I mentioned it yesterday. I think Michigan State is a team that people are going to look at brand recognition based on just the Michigan State with Izzo combination. But it's Izzo. And they're going to ignore the fact that Michigan State, once again with Izzo, has lost in the first or second round in four of the last five tournaments, or the first four, actually, So, including that. Mm-hmm. They've not been good in the NCAA tournament for the last couple of years. And Davidson, great three-point shooting team. Michigan State offensively, really not great. And I do believe that if Davidson is able to, A, make their threes, and B, it's not a surprise, they're a great free-throw shooting team. I do think Davidson can do enough in order to beat up on an overrated Michigan State team. But it goes back to my point. If Davidson doesn't choke away that game against Richmond, they're probably an eight. And Richmond turned out to be a pretty good team. So you can make an argument that Davidson is better than their seeding. And I believe that Michigan State will always get public recognition. But there's a reason why this line has come down from around minus one and a half to pick them. Yep. It's because a lot of Sharps don't like Michigan State in the spot. Yeah, agreed. Uh, this is a Davidson team. They take very good care of the ball. Like you mentioned, they shoot about 39% from downtown. They don't turn the ball over. Um, you know, and they and they have ways of working around their lack of size. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm with you, even though Michigan State's covered four straight. Two of them come against Maryland, so I know that doesn't impress as much. Um, yeah, I'll take I'll take Davidson here. Uh, Houston eight and a half. Um, you know what? Let's let's okay. Let's put a let's put a bookmark on that because I don't know if Chris is going to join us or not. Let's take uh, let's take care of business. Let's find out uh, what happened yesterday, shall we, Scott? Um, by the way, there is going to be no NASCAR show today. We talked about it, and we decided that with games going on in the middle of the day, we probably won't get nobody a lot. Cares. Nobody nobody really cares about NASCAR normally. We do have some pretty hardcore NASCAR fans that we appreciate checking us out every week, but. Uh, I think this is just a basketball weekend, guys. And uh, to yeah. be to, to be honest with you, the cherry on top 
It's a brand new surface at Atlanta. It's a brand new car, and they're using restrictor plates for the first time. It's a fucking crapshoot. We've been cold, and we didn't really look relish an opportunity to become even colder, as it would have been pretty much a total guess. So I made a joke and said you can take uh, Stenhouse because if you don't know what the hell to expect, take the biggest wild card on the entire track. Yep, absolutely true, absolutely true. So let's get to it, buddy. Let's find out what happened yesterday. Holy shit, there was a lot going on yesterday. A lot of people out there took it to the shorts. A lot of people took it to the bank. You know who you are, and now we're going to tell the world. Let's find out in the Friday edition of Call Dem Cops. All right. Very good. Very good indeed. We are going to start off. Surprise! It's in the NCAA tournament. San Diego State on the money line against Creighton. <laughs> Oh, uh, Scott, this game was so good to us for no reason at all. Uh, the Aztecs up by nine with two and a half left. They missed a go-ahead free throw with seven seconds left, and they end up losing in overtime. Hello. And you and I, you tweeted what I thought was absolutely accurate. You said, we have zero chance of covering this game in overtime. And lo and behold, the devil jumped up, and there it was as Creighton not only covered with the two and a half, they beat him outright. Hallelujah. But sorry if you had the Aztecs on the money line. For most of that game, you had the better team, except when it counted. Got to call the cops. Well, just to backtrack for a second, I said before, or I put in the actual sheet, led by nine with 2.30 to go, and then missed the go-ahead free throw. So you might be wondering what the hell happened in that span of about a minute and a half. Uh, San Diego State did not score for the final 350 of regulation. Yep. Yep. Said, we're done. We're done. Yep. That's enough. They were done. Bradley choked away the free throw, which truth is, I we might have been safe anyway, but you don't know about the last second fouling there. Right. It worked out in the end. Anyway, if you had the Michigan-Colorado State first half under 64 and a half, you had 64 points with three seconds left, and Colorado State misses a shot. Michigan gets the rebound, basically underneath its own basket, Michigan takes a couple of dribbles, and Colorado State, one of the guys going back on defense, accidentally bumps into the guard with the ball. They called the foul 60-plus feet away from the basket, and Michigan made one of two free throws. First half landed 65. Donaghy. Donaghy. Oh, brutal. <laughs> it was a foul. It just That's just a terrible play. Finally, if you had Arkansas minus four and a half, a game we talked about a little bit against the Catamounts. They led by four with four seconds left. Vermont tried to foul, but Arkansas threw the ball up the court. And there wasn't quite enough time because he was there. He was going for the breakaway, Scott. He was going to jam the shit out of that ball. But the buzzer sounded just before he got to the top of the key. Game over. Arkansas wins by four. So sorry if you had the Hogs minus four and a half. Call the cops. Well, that was kind of the situation where the refs sometimes, especially in the NBA, will call a foul, even if the guy gets rid of the ball and they touch him like a couple seconds after. Right. That's what happens. In the, that's what happened in the Arkansas game. And yet they just decided to not blow the whistle. And there you go. Uh, referees got shit to do. Let's get it on. Let's move on. Yep. Now. And right. uh, Lauren's talking about how the Mountain West, 0-4 ATS. I believe we had that throughout. A lot of fun. You know, we yak a lot, and I know people like sometimes tune us out, but if occasionally we have some nuggets in there. That's right. If you weren't if you weren't listening about the Mountain West, I'm very sorry because they went uh, 0-4, including losing the uh, the play in game. So yeah, yikes. 
All right. Well, there was some good news out there with as everybody's, or at least a lot of people's brackets are in flames. But there were some people that made some money yesterday, and they had the right side of it. And there were some definite games where uh, you didn't have to sweat it too much. Scott, those people were out there. They were taking it easy yesterday because they were sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one was New Mexico State plus six and a half against UConn, led by 10 at the half. They almost did not win the game, but then they were always going to cover the game because they won They won outright by seven. Kind of funny uh, side story, by the way. I was in uh, the Win Sportsbook, and I was getting some lunch during the end of that game or so. And, of course, everyone there is on the dog because they're trying to make money, get taking plus money, whatever. So somebody behind me, they're all cheering when the game's basically over. Somebody just screams out, Let's go Lobos. And I absolutely lost it because I just was, I thought that was so damn funny because he clearly just didn't know that there's multiple New Mexico teams. I found that extremely, I found that extremely amusing. Nice. A real fan is what you're saying. Yeah, but he made money. So, you know, he might not know much about the sport, but he made money. He was looking at his ticket. His thumb was probably over the ST. So he sees, he just sees New Mexico. Let's go Lobos. I'm like, they in the CIT or something? What, what's going on? Patino make it to the basketball classic? New Mexico, arguably third best Lobos behind Rebecca Lobo, Lobo of me and you and a dog named Boo, and then the New Mexico Lobos. I think they're the third best In that Lobos. order. Yeah, in that order. Correct. Yeah. Hey, Scott, if you had uh, St. Mary's against Indiana, an Indiana team that both of us liked, but played a double overtime game just two days ago, and that uh, that's not good. That's no, no, they didn't. Was that? Rutgers and oh, Rutgers. sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. They had to play against Wyoming, but they had to travel two time zones. That's right. That's and right. face off against a West Coast team in the West Coast. Yep, they had the bad travel spot. My bad. My bad. Uh, it still, it did not go well. St. Mary's, maybe a pretty good team. Maybe, maybe a pretty good team because they led by 12 at halftime. End up winning by 12. Andy, Indiana showed up in the second half as uh, I guess most of the team arrived. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second. I, I think I actually missed. Uh, What'd you do? I, I think I typed that in incorrectly. St. Mary's won by like thirty. Um, oh, that's I, right. I, they blew them. They blew the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I think I, I accidentally put down twelve twice. I, I should have. Yeah, I, they won by like thirty. I should have caught that. Yeah. Uh, let me actually see how much they won by. It wasn't pretty. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, see, that's what you um, you farm shit out to a millennial. That's the kind of shit you can expect bet. right there. Um, what did they win by? I don't know. I'll look. Uh, they won by twenty. They won by twenty nine. Okay. My bad. Very good. Uh, you want to you bring us on home here, buddy? Don't change it uh, now. Yeah. Uh, last one, I changed it now. Deal with it. Uh, the last it one, if you had Akron plus 13 and a half against UCLA, they never trailed by more than four points in the entire game. Truth is, they kind of choked away the money line late, but Indeed they ended they up did. losing just by four. They ended up covering the spread. That was the last game of the six teamer that uh, the King hit for me. So uh, I was uh, the only sweat in that in that whole night was really the the wild in overtime. Yeah. They were uh, they were they were down a man in the shootout and were able to uh, dodge the bullet and then put the biscuit in the basket with about I don't know ten seconds left in the in in overtime before mm-hmm. it went to a shootout. So I know it's uh, still very very early, but Delaware looks pretty good right now against Villanova. They're up six. I mean, you're ten minutes left in the first half. Okay, but you do you have any thoughts on any of the games so far? You are on the right side of some. I know you had the under in the Ohio State game, but anything else you got? Um, you mean as far as as far as today's action goes? Yeah, I mean, I personally like uh like tech 
Yep. I just thought they would bury Montana State. Yeah, I didn't see much there. Wow, they buried Montana State. I mean, they're up 33 right now. I got yeah, I got Yale as a premium. I thought they'd be able to slow it down enough and play that backdoor shit against Purdue, but uh, that does not look good right now. I think I've got 14 points there. Um, Ohio State looking that good against Loyola was a surprise. Um, did they look great or did Loyola just... Well, like, uh, let's say the Ohio State defense. Can we say that? Can yeah. we, we, can we, we can. Uh, we can also make the argument that Loyola, though, offensively shot like 26% roughly from three and from the floor. I think it was 28% from three and like 26 from the floor, something like that. Right. So it was one of those games where Loyola could not get the ball in the basket, whether it was a three, whether it was a two. They couldn't hit a free throw to save their lives. Truth is, Williamson was brutal uh, for Loyola in the game. I mean, just looking at the actual numbers here, Loyola went 15 of 56 from the floor, 8 for 28 from 3, and 3 for 10 from the foul line. Oof, That's awful. That is, uh, yes, indeed. Scott Nowak says uh, North Carolina was the real rocking chair game. I'll give Scott Nowak credit because in the comment section when he posted that play, he said, easy money, this is the lock of the day, and he was absolutely right. Paul Starrett says... I like North Carolina in that game. I didn't think they'd win by 30, but I thought they'd win by like 10. Agreed. Paul Starrett said, man, I love this damn show. We're we're going to put that quote on when we do our website. That's going to be on the the front page of the website. Thanks, Paul. We appreciate it. Texas Tech was easy. Uh, Loyola couldn't make a layup. Yeah, they couldn't make shit. They were Uh, were bad. You guys like Notre Dame against Alabama? I kind of have to, right? Alabama. What do you think, buddy? I think I have to. Do you really want to lay points with Bama? Of course not. We have uh, we have made a season out of fading this overrated fucking Crimson Tide team. I'm not going to stop now, Scott. It's, it's a team that's just 11-20 and 20 against the number. No, no. They've lost three in a row entering the tournament with one of those losses to being against Vanderbilt. Not great. Not great there. Now, Notre Dame... You worry about you struggled wor- with Rutgers. It was a coin toss game, right? But I mean, Rutgers is not a bad team. There's your, the there's your, the, now there's your double overtime. Does that bother you? You worry about that? Of course, it's not ideal. But at the end of the day, the thing is, would you rather have a team that played in double overtime a couple of days ago, or a team that hasn't played in about a week and a half? It's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I don't know. Personally, this Alabama team seems like they lost focus a lot during the season. I'm not sure it's the best time for a week and a half off. So I think for me, I don't know if you're going to read too much into the first round games. Is the ACC better than people thought? Because North Carolina absolutely just killed somebody. We'll see. Um, I mean, Mar- Marquette might just suck. I mean, there's multiple ways to look at it. But the Big Ten, the, uh, the Big Ten so far has been meh. The SEC has been... Uh, well, to be honest, pretty awful because Kentucky just straight up lost. But Tennessee, I mean, do- Tennessee dominated though. They Tennessee they, dominated. They did their Auburn part. was okay. I mean, they were awful early. They picked it up uh, in the middle and carried it on. But yeah, I don't know. But the, from what I can tell, the ACC seems like the teams there are okay. So maybe it's the opposite of the Mountain West where. You see Mountain West teams look really good against other Mountain West teams. You think, oh, man, that's a good team. You see ACC teams look shitty against other ACC teams, and it could be the fact that that league is pretty good top to bottom. Yeah. Is that the point you're making? Yeah, pretty much. All right, very good. Uh, Notre Dame beat UK, UK, Duke beat Gonzaga this year. Also true. 
Also very mm-hmm. true. That's, that's stepping up for the ACC. It's a good point. Um, what else we got in the comment section, buddy? Uh, Texas. Well, oh, te- asking Texas, Texas versus Texas, Vermont. Virginia Tech. Oh, I mean, Virginia Tech. Sorry, Vermont. Is I, I like the Hokies. I mean, we just talked about how the ACC has been better than people expected, but Virginia Tech was the double-digit seed that I personally had going into the Sweet 16. Yep. I think that they're just a very good basketball team. Yep. And you can look at the early season numbers and everything like that. That a couple of injuries, things weren't gelling properly. But you're looking at a spot where Virginia Tech just dominated the conference. They've been playing extremely well for the last two months, basically. I think Virginia Tech's better because Texas, even though they play good defense, they really just can't score. No, and here's the here's the problem. They haven't been able to score all season. The defense has gone downhill. They've yeah. they've given up some points. You know, they've 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 given up 81 to West Virginia, give up 78 to Oklahoma, they give up 80 to Baylor. So if you've got a team with a pulse, this Texas defense isn't as good as it was early in the season. I'm uh, I'm all about Virginia Tech in this one. You I, you and I talked about them a lot. Uh, it's the red hot team. They won seven of their last eight. I got the hoax there. Yeah, I agree. Um, do, 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 do. Happy Although Friday. I do want to ask something because David the Italian brought it up with Marquette having Shaka Smart as the coach. Right. I believe I mentioned this. I don't know if I actually mentioned this on air or I mentioned this just in person with a couple coworkers. I don't remember. In your mind. But Chaka Smart has not won a tournament game in his last six attempts. Yeah, we talked about that. I thought we did. They had their their big run. as good in the tournament as people think he is. Right. He's still living off that run. And that run was like 2012. Yes. For about a decade, he's done nothing besides losing the first round. That's the only thing he's done. He's 0-6 in his last six. Here's uh, um, Renzo Brothers kind of uh, breaking stride a little bit, asking about the NBA. Dallas Mavs against Philly. What do you make of this Philly squad, Scott? I think Philly is a team that, of course, is pretty good. I don't think they're going to do really much in the playoffs. I think they'll, they'll win a round. I think that's basically it. Dallas ended up having a nice win against the Nets. Of course, you had no Kyrie, so I guess the question I have to ask is, if you had to beat the Nets on a game-winning shot with Kyrie not in the lineup, are you impressed by that win, or do you believe Dallas should have definitely won more easily? Well, based on how people have done against the Nets without Kyrie, they probably should have won much more easily if they're as good well, as Well, that's also tricky think. because Durant missed a decent amount of games, too. So, Durant. True. Um, Dallas won eight of their last nine, but they're not necessarily a cover machine, although this Philly team, uh, they've, covered, they've covered one time in their last seven games. So... Uh, and guess who's questionable for this one, Scott? Is it Embiid? It is Embiid. What, and and, and uh, you want to spin the big wheel of possible injuries for Embiid? What is it? Leg. It is back. Back. Yeah. The same thing that yeah. made him miss his entire year at KU. Um. So yeah, we're. Uh, I, I think I've got to play. I've got to play Dallas there, bud. I, I don't love it, but I'll take. I'll take the points. You? Yeah, uh, I see that John Doe's asking about Seton Hall against TCU. Uh, I guess my point here is that we're talking about conferences to back and fade. The Big East, we kind of got to talk about them, right? I I know Creighton won, Mm -hmm. barely, but they beat the other conference that's ridiculously bad in the tournament. UConn got blown out. They basically got blown out. I mean, they trailed the entire game against New Mexico State. Right. Villanova right now is in a battle with Delaware. Is it time to kind of write the Big East as being 
let's just say an overrated conference or do you have to see more? Because I know you're still in the first half of that Villanova game. You're down three with six to go against the 15 seed and one of your other good teams in the tournament ended up losing to Mexico State and the runner-up in the conference needed a nine-point comeback in the final two minutes to beat San Diego State. I don't think the Big East is very good. Well, you forgot to talk about Providence. Now, Providence took care of business okay. against the okay. uh, everybody's close, everybody's darling. Uh, yeah, they pulled they pulled away late. They end up winning by nine. But have you been impressed by? Were you impressed by Providence though, or do you think they just did enough to get by? No, I think they did enough to get, to get by against the against the team that's again was a, a good team in a bad conference. So okay. I'm just saying I might just be out on the Big East. Of course, there are a couple of exceptions like Providence. I like uh, Ken Palm's daughter didn't get in there, but you know whatever. Still. <laughs> I just, I'm not sure about Oh my God, what do you just wait until shit's going down by your hotel? It's really, I don't know, just different day. Okay. Same stuff. Either way, do you think it is concerning though when the two teams that make (laughs) your conference title are struggling in the first round of the NCAA tournament? It's not good. It's not a great look. Uh, Somebody wants to know, (laughs) Yappo wants to know, how old is the kid on the right? Uh, (laughs) This kid right here, (laughs) he will will bring Chris in. Scott, you are 24. You will be 25 in June, right? Uh, that is correct. All yeah, right. Chris, we knew you were back there, but you didn't have a camera on. So he's, we weren't sure if you were like ready or not to actually come on the air. So He's in his, ca- he's in his car. Yeah, I'm, dr- I'm driving, so I wasn't going to turn it on. Okay, I, I didn't well, know that. So I thought you were going to turn it here. on. Okay. My bad. I'm driving in my car. Yeah, that's like it's starting to rain now, but, you know, that's typical whenever I have to go somewhere. I heard it's pretty uh, warm though in upstate in uh in upstate New York though, so Buffalo might actually not have snow for once. I know you're nowhere near Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying you're about eight you're about eight hundred miles off. Yeah, uh, I know, I know uh, that. Is it, is it warm by you too, or it's a little bit colder by you? Hey, um, go ahead. I know my parents had snow the other day when I talked to them, so okay. they get snow until May. Uh, what just happened? Says that Virginia minus fifteen seems like a steal. Is Virginia stealing money from anybody today, guys? Say what? Uh, what am I looking at? Do I want to lay 15 points with a team that, that can't score? Huh? Huh? You in? Are, are you? What's it? What, what are they going to Is the game going to land 113 or so? And I'm supposed to cover 15? I mean, maybe, but no. Just generally speaking. I wouldn't lay 15 points on another. Not really going to come in that low, no. That's that's the problem is that your percentage is just it's just got to be so high. Um, who are they? Hey, I'm, I'm also confused. Minus fifteen where in you, what? Where are you seeing that? I'm I'm looking at that too. They're two point. They're two point like dogs to North Texas. What are we talking about? That Virginia minus fifty. Uh, I don't. And know. Virginia Tech's like plus one and a half too. I don't, I don't know what team you're talking about. What just happened? You got to you yeah. got to help us yeah. out, buddy. You gotta help us out. I was say, the only thing that I knew that was favored by fifteen was Duke. It was like seventeen, and um, like I said, Villanova was like fifteen and a half. I I don't know if anybody else is favored by that much on the on the books today. No. And I just went through everything with Jim on on the show before I came on here. So somebody's confused about the line. I see two lines that are pretty large in the NBA, but that's the Trailblazers and that's the Thunder. Um, I know that yeah, that's and, not Virginia. And, and based, the Heat, but... Oklahoma City is big. What's yeah, the I did, not the Virginia? What was the what was the ABA team? The Virginia Squires. Squires, that's right. I kept wanting to say Colonels, but that was obviously Kentucky. Um, 
Okay, yeah, so yeah, okay, wait. So I'm guessing he forgot a decimal point. I think he meant Virginia Tech one and a half. Okay. Well, I like, I I like Virginia along. Tech too. We all do. Yeah, yeah, I like Virginia Tech. We're all on tech there. Uh, Ninja 13 says, so far the under first half seems like a good trend. Question mark. Uh, I haven't tracked it. I've played a couple in one. Scott, have you kept an, anyone, either one of you guys kept an eye on that? I have. As of right now, the first half unders, I believe, are 11, 11, and 1. Okay. Okay. Very good. Yeah, it depends if you get a bricklaying team like Loyola Chicago. Some numbers alternate, though, because, of course, you know, every now and then you'll find a good number and it's within half a point or whatever. But for the most part, I believe it's around 500. Hey, Chris, how'd you end, yeah. up, how'd you end up doing yesterday, buddy? Well, you should know, shouldn't you? I did. I, talk, I talked about it at the top of the show. I was going to give you an opportunity to toot your own horn there. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we got we're, we are fortunate that we had so many um, big-name schools that forgot that just because you're playing a team from a smaller conference uh, doesn't mean that they don't know how to play basketball. Uh, so, yeah, if you had played that six-teamer that you did and put up more than two bucks – uh, you know, if you had put up a hundred bucks, you would have won just uh, under thirty nine hundred dollars. I think it would have. Yeah, been. What was the, what was the payout on that? Like thirty six to one, thirty nine to one. Uh, yeah, right, around thirty seven. Thirty eight, thirty eight, ninety, and some change. Yeah. Like yep. Exactly right. So yeah, it was that was a nice hit. Six teamers. The guy hits. The guy hits six teamers like I drink water. And just no, no, another six teamer. There you go. Yeah, okay. Well, like I said, I don't know if I told you last night or not. In the shot in the dark segment that we had. It was the third time this week we had at least eight out of those ten pan out. We had nine if the Florida Panthers would have shown up in the third period uh, down the stretch against Vegas. We could have won all ten, but that's what I get for thinking that Florida might actually you know, decide to play road hockey. Of course, I also wasn't expecting Sergey Bobrovsky to be out of net and having to go to Spencer Knight. And Vegas had also been a mess defensively previously, so you figured Florida would walk into like four or five goals. Yep. Yeah, basically. Yep. What just I, what just happened confirmed he was Virginia Tech. He was asking about at one point five. He's going to go stand in the corner now. But yeah, I do we, have a question for you guys though about the tournament today because I'm sure a lot of people might want to be tempted to take an underdog after what happened with St. Peter's and everything yesterday. Uh huh. Is there one underdog? Let's just say five points or more that you think has a decent shot to actually win the game today. Uh, North Carolina. That's not today, but okay. <laughs> oh, is, oh, today. You're, oh, you're talking about okay. I'm talking about today. Solely like the round of sixty-four, part two. Okay, let me see. Let me let me go through the number I would, or the name I would give you is one that you're not going to want to hear because they're playing your alma mater. Uh, I, I know you're taking Colgate. And I don't mind it because I actually I actually don't mind the Colgate play there. It's in Milwaukee. Yeah, I was say, don't don't sleep on the Raiders because everybody wrote them off when they were four and 10 in early January. And since then they've won 19 out of 20 and they're second in the country in three point shooting at 40.3%. The only team that was better than them this year was South Dakota state. Um, How'd that go for them? Well, let's not forget that there was that controversial foul at the end that put bind them on the line for three free throws with 30 yeah. seconds ago in a three point game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they came back from 14 down to make it a one possession game is you can't sell what South Dakota did. South Dakota State did short. Yeah, they tried. But I do agree with you about Colgate. I think the one concern that I have about that matchup is that the game is in Milwaukee. Now, under no circumstance am I betting on Wisconsin to cover just because it's in Milwaukee. I don't know how Wisconsin's supposed to lay that many points 
when it seems like every game they play is decided by one possession in the final 20 seconds. Well, like, that, I'm, I definitely like Colgate plus the points. And, and let Do, me ask you, Scott, are you concerned about what version of Johnny Davis you're going to see? Are you going to see the Johnny Davis that hung 37 on Purdue? Or are you going to see the Johnny Davis that shot three of 19 against Michigan State in the Big Ten tournament? Well, when you say am I concerned, do you mean as a fan or somebody who might bet Colgate money line? Because I'm kind of on the fence because I do really like Colgate today. I think there's a lot no, of value No, no, I'm saying as an alum. Oh, as an alum? First. Yeah. I, I think Davis will play fine. I mean, three for 19 is crazy, but I do think that Davis is more athletic, of course, and Michigan State has a lot of size where Colgate maybe doesn't have as much athleticism. So I do think that Davis will be fine. The person that concerns me the most for Wisconsin today is going to be Brad Davison. Because yeah, Davison, yeah, whether or not he makes shots, he keeps taking them. He's one of those guys who doesn't realize when he should stop shooting. And if he goes cold, he will keep shooting. So I think Davison could potentially shoot Wisconsin out of the game, in my opinion. Well, the other game that people were talking about, this is the one I was going to bring up. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. It's uh, Chattanooga. Um they are they are Mox? yeah the Mox the Max catching uh, whatever it is eight or eight, uh, it's eight, eight I believe change. yeah eight. I saw a couple of eight and a halfs if you really I was gonna want say to it's eight them. in most spots uh, you can find yeah like I said you can find eight and a half you just shop your lines the question there obviously is how is uh, KU transfer uh, Silvio D'Souza going to be able to match up with uh, Kofi Coburn here's, here's the answer not he's gonna try does that count he's gonna get steamrolled now. Are you, and why do you say that, Chris? Well, D'Souza, if you look, he's 6'9 and 250. He's not really – right. what's he best known for? Getting in that fight a few years ago at Kansas. Well, and wasn't that against K-State? Yeah, it was. Um, that wasn't really his – well, he also has some recruiting problems as well. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that too. I mean, he's another guy that's like Brad Davison where he you think he's like 37 because he's been around college basketball for 50 years. Right. Well, the ultimate uh, one's Mitch Lightfoot. Lightfoot's been in college since like 1980. Yeah, I swear. I think he, I think he was in college with me. I really do. I think I think we played against him. Yeah, Lightfoot. I'm pretty sure he lined up next to Danny Manning when they won the title back he's, in uh, He's one of the juniors. One of the juniors. Well, I'm going to guess, Chris, since you think that Coburn's going to dominate today, you like Illinois minus the eight? I do. I just think, you know – Nobody's really stopped him all season. Yeah. And if you double him, it opens up Plummer and Frazier and Grandison and Corbello if he decides that, you know, he wants to actually do something offensively. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I watched the mocks hit that 40 footer over three guys, knock Furman out of the tournament down here. People are still bitter about it a couple weeks later because, you know, Furman was what two seconds away from hitting, making the tournament for the first time since 1981. Are you? I, I, uh, got, I got a quick question. Are you at a stoplight? Yeah, I was gonna. That hear a blinker. That is the longest fucking stoplight in the world. Yeah, well, you gotta love the left turn lanes around here because you know <laughs> people people don't move until the light turns red because they're idiots. Good God, man! I've heard, I've heard that click for about the last two minutes. So, yeah, sorry, great. buddy. Sorry, buddy. I was going to ask, is there, is there a way Chattanooga can maybe keep the game close if – I know earlier this season Coburn didn't play in the game, but Marquette right. ended up beating Illinois because they forced a bunch of turnovers. We know Chattanooga is pretty safe with the ball. They're pretty active defensively. Illinois' guards, they're talented. They, they also are extremely streaky, and they occasionally make a lot of dumb decisions with the basketball. Does that concern you at all, or do you think Illinois just overcomes and wins this game by, like, 12? 
it does concern me because, like you said, Illinois guards—they're talented, but they're not exactly the most uh, exciting right. model of consistency yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, my concern for Chattanooga is: Can Lamont Paris get enough points out of his guys and keep enough bodies out of foul trouble yeah. uh, to stay in the game? And that's where I think they're going to run into difficulties is in that regard because, like you said, Coburn can draw fouls on pretty much anybody. And we saw that happen. That's what happened to Georgia State because Georgia State hung around for a long time yesterday uh, before foul trouble killed them, and then they got run over. And that's what I'm worried about in the case of Chattanooga. Will they be able to stay out of trouble? Will they be able to avoid committing turnovers themselves? Uh, but in the end, I think that Illinois is probably going to win by about 10 points to cover the line. It's not going to be the easiest cover by any stretch of the imagination because you got to have a ton of respect for uh, what Chattanooga did in the SOCON this year. Yeah, I agree. I I'll tell you what I like correlated. there is I like the first half under. I was going to say, I think it's correlated. I think if you like Chattanooga plus the points, you should parlay with the under. Because if it gets to a high-scoring game, I don't think Chattanooga can keep up. Do you agree with that, Chris? That, yeah, that's true. I mean, Chattanooga is not necessarily a big offensive powerhouse. I mean, they struggled. They, I mean, look, they had 64 in, in the SoCon title game. Yeah, uh, in Overton. And facing Illinois, it's not going to be any easier in that regard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like so, I said. if if Illinois hit, gets out early, uh, they can turn that one into a route quickly. I hope for viewers' sake, because nobody likes to watch blowouts unless you know you're wagering on the team that's ahead by 800 points uh, that we get a, a more competitive game, but it's just, it's tough to deal with a team like Illinois that has enough weapons to make life miserable for opposing teams. Especially yeah, I know we also, school. I, yeah. I know we also talked about some of the other big underdogs today. There's one we didn't talk about. You have any thoughts on UAB? I was just, I was just, I was just going to ask that. Can if if that's what I was going to ask Chris if Walker and Ertl get hot from beyond the arc, and Houston does play pretty good three point defense, but those guys can flat out shoot. Uh, if they get hot, can UAB show them a little something here? Or are they just going to wear them down? They might show something early, but I think they're going to get ground down by Houston. Uh, you talked about how the Cougars play good defense. They lead the league, or the nation, I should say, in field goal percent defense. I think it is. They're, uh, they're extremely stingy at, in, from two-point range. I think they hold opposing teams from three. It's like 29% yeah, yeah, or something it's 20, like that. 29.6, yep. Yeah, so it's going to be a difficult night. I know that UAB is a great offensive team. But one thing that people overlook with Kelvin Sampson's squad is they're like 55th or so in the nation in scoring offense themselves. So you factor in that they don't have Sasser, they don't have Mark, and they've still got guys putting up enough points to put up 75 a night, and they're better defensively than UAB. I think UAB can hang in for a half or so, but eventually those jump shots are going to stop falling because Houston just suffocates the life out of opposing teams. Yeah, they just don't let you get a good uh, look. And I think that I think Houston's going to end up put it, pulling away in the second half and move on here. I like Houston. Like I said, a team that can overcome injuries to you know their leading scorer and one of their other key guys, and still have four other guys averaging in double figures. They're a dangerous team. I don't care who who they're playing. 
I also like Houston because I just think rebounding wise, UAB is going to get absolutely dominated on the glass. That's the problem. If if I was going to get involved with UAB, it'd be the first half. They, they they come out, they're fired up, the adrenaline's going, they make some threes. Houston Houston maybe plays with their food a little bit, and uh, you know you want to take UAB plus five five and a half, or you can find that. I don't. Yeah, hate, I, agree I, don't I don't hate that. Uh, if I had to go one, one of, if I had to back UAB at some point, it'd be first half for sure. Um, any thoughts on Notre Dame, Bama? Yeah, JB, we both like we both like Notre Dame. We're a little worried about the travel spot, but we've made a, we've made a, a career out of fading Alabama this week or this year, so we're going to continue that. Chris, what are your thoughts on Bama and Notre Dame? See, I actually I actually go the other way because I've made a, a living out of fading Notre Dame. Fair enough. The one time I picked them, they lost to they lost to Florida State in Tallahassee. Um, I'm just concerned. A, we saw this with Indiana. They had to travel out west after they won the play-in tournament and then or the play-in game, and they got waxed yesterday by St. Mary's. The thing that scares me about Notre Dame, they don't have any depth. You look, they had seven. They have seven guys. Six of them played at least 33 minutes. Three of them played more than 40. You're facing an Alabama team that has depth, and if there's one thing that Nate Oates likes to do, and he did it at Buffalo. And he's done it everywhere else. It's run teams into the ground, and that's not Notre Dame's style at all. You look, they're what two fifty six or something like that in tempo, somewhere in that range. Alabama is twelfth. Yeah. So if Alabama doesn't kill themselves by shooting Iowa like numbers from three point range, and goes you know six of twenty nine. I think that they'll have they'll run Notre Dame and wear the Irish down and end up winning in the second half. However, with that said, if Alabama plays dumb basketball, which, like you said, they've done it before, they did it against Vanderbilt, they've done it against uh, they did it against Auburn, they've done it against other teams. Iona, yeah, Iona, well, yep. That was also early in the season. I'm talking about down the stretch. They played dumb basketball against Vanderbilt. They played dumb basketball mm-hmm. against uh, Auburn. I'm just saying it's been consistent the entire season. Is that they always they seem to always play dumb basketball. Uh, by but, the way, thanks. I'm gonna I'm gonna thank Chris Lyons for the uh, for the compliment. Chris is one of my toughest critics. He's always there to call me out when I'm sucking. So uh, thanks for thanks for uh, keeping it even, buddy. I appreciate the kind words. And that was a uh, yeah. We had the under in the Ohio State Loyola game. That's uh, about as rocking chair as uh, one of my picks usually get. So yeah, we'll take it. Thanks, man. Go ahead, Chris. I gotta, well, it's nice to know that people. It's nice to tell. Nice to know that people tell you you suck sometimes, doesn't it? Um, you know what? I it, it comes with the territory. I'm okay, and the, my only problem is people like, well, you really lost that game. Like, like, like I don't fucking know. Like, oh, I, I didn't even watch that. Oh, really? I didn't even know. Thanks for letting me know. But other than that, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a big boy. You know, I got shoulders. It's okay, man. Uh, just you know, be polite about it. Don't be a dick. Um and I love, yeah, we, we have a guy that comes out all the time that calls us bozos and shit like that when we because you know he came out I think when the Pistons played the Pacers or something and we said that Detroit was gonna was gonna cover the line and he, he that's when Lenny was on and he started spouting a bunch of crap but right. he hasn't been back since because you know Detroit won that game and then you know we've been out of roll so he only shows up when he feels like it right yeah no I'm. Uh, I'm cool. Yeah, it gets a little annoying sometimes. I do want to ask. Sorry, I was going to get to the point where where you're going to tell him. You know, I don't go to Burger King and tell you how to make a Whopper. uh, To quote Jerry the King Lawler. 
Yeah, uh, that's a, that's an old that's an old comic. That's an old stock line from from the stage. There's and there's a dirtier version of that too, and I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's it's not good. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's you know when you're in a business where if you're running really well, you're hitting 55 percent means you're losing 45 percent. It's going to give people a lot of opportunity to roast you, and that's just the way it is. Well, it's just like Ted Williams used to say: all hitting 300 means is that you fail seven times out of ten. Yeah, yeah I have a good. question though for. You. I know we talked about a couple of games that we already talked about between Scott and I just alone. Do you have any thoughts on the Davidson-Michigan State game? Yeah, I like Davidson. Yeah, so do I. I mean, Michigan State, if you look, has one guy averaging in double figures. It's Gabe Brown. He averages 11.4 points a game. They don't have a go-to guy. Mm-hmm. All these times when Izzo's made runs in the tournament, there was somebody they could go to, whether it was Mateen Cleaves or you know Aaron Henry or all these other guys. Who do they have now? They've got nobody. Technically, their yeah. go-to guy down the stretch, I guess, is Walker, and that's dicey at best. Hey, right. But if you look at Davidson, they've got four guys averaging double figures. They've got three guys averaging better than fourteen point two points a game, with uh, Foster Lawyer and Mane- or and uh, Brankovich and uh, I can't remember the other name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But you know, Michael Jones averages almost twelve. Davidson's a good basketball team. I mean, I get Richmond beat him in the A-10 title game, but look at what Richmond did yesterday. Hey, um, I'll, take the, I'll take the points of Davidson all day. <laughs> thank, thank, if somebody says you're supposed to hit a hundred percent. Thanks, Jason. Absolutely, we were supposed to. Jojo Rabbit says he wanted to. He said he appreciates it not being a PG-rated show like all the other shows. I am what I am. Uh, you know what? I do a, I do a daily video about nine minutes a day, and I try not to cuss for that one, but sometimes I even fuck that up. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, before we fully wrap somebody, it up, though, I do have one final game I want to ask you guys about. Well, I, 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 wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to cut in here real quick, because it's a game tomorrow. Somebody asking about how good is this New Mexico State team. Chris, I want to get your thoughts on this on this Aggies team, not the Lobos, I'll, by the I'll, way. I'll tell you what. Everybody writes off New Mexico State because they play in the WAC, and everybody's like, I don't even know what that is. Right. Yeah, well, you're, you're out there banging against basketball. Grand Canyon. They're, and, a no. basketball team. They're, a, they're a veteran team. They get in the tournament all the time. Chris Jans knows how to coach. Granted, I'll, I'll say this. Teddy Allen is a fucking dick. Everybody knows that. He was a dick when he was at Nebraska. He's a dick in junior college. He's a dick now. Uh, but he can play though. basketball. Right. Um, what, he had 30, 37 yesterday? I think? Yeah, 37. And he did the whole flex down after he you know hit that bucket that pretty much put UConn away. <laughs> Marlos says, sleep. "Go Lobos." <laughs> don't sleep. Don't sleep on New Mexico State. Um, I mean, I had him in the six-teamer yesterday with the points, but I have mentioned even in, in the um, the bracket guide we put together, I said I was going to take New Mexico State because UConn right relied on three guys, uh, and I don't think um, Sonogo did much of anything yesterday or Martin. Let me ask you this, Chris. In the world of baseball, when you, you you got a relief pitcher or a starting pitcher, even to a lesser extent, you talk about high leverage situations. How pitching in high leverage situations takes more out of it, takes more right. out of you, takes more out of you than it does if you're not. So, does that transfer to basketball, where New Mexico State had a pretty easy, pretty easy time of it, Arkansas had to struggle with Vermont? Is that a high leverage game? Does that take more out of it? Do you do you look at that when you handicap, handicap a game like this? Well, I mean, for sure, because you have to think Arkansas had to grind that out the whole way. I mean, and Vermont covered too, which was nice. Um, I liked the Catamounts all year long. I thought they were going to give Arkansas trouble. Uh, it was nice for Arkansas that JT Note finally realized that you're supposed to put the ball in the basket in the second half because he did nothing in the first half. 
but yeah, they're going to have trouble here because New Mexico State, they're very good on the defensive end. They're going to make you work on every possession. They're going to make Arkansas grind. That's not what Eric Musselman is all about. His team is about running and, and, you know, getting in track meets and everything else and piling up points. Don't sleep on New Mexico State. I know that that that's a number. There's a 12 in front of their, their name. They don't play like a 12 seed. All right. I do want to ask about one other game before we fully wrap it up. You're not going to ask about cause... Duke, are you? No, no, not at all. I'm not going to ask about Duke. Yeah. It's a unique spot, so I do want to know your thoughts about it. It's LSU. And they're taking took, on Iowa I took State. Iowa, I took Iowa State. You did. Is that because solely of the coaching angle? Because Iowa State has scored less than 42 points in two of their last three games. It has to do with the coaching thing. It has to do that I have no faith in Kevin Nickelberry. His career record is uh, 96 and 194 or something like that okay. as a head coach. You're going to get there, uh, Zach. And you have to wonder, is this team uh, going to be distracted? Is, uh, obviously, look at how the football team responded when they can't Orgeron. They struggled out of the gate, too. You're firing a guy a few days before a tournament game. I get Iowa State struggled. I get that. But don't forget, this was an LSU team that was 15-1. and one. And they've gone right down the toilet since. Iowa State's no great team either. Like you said, they put up, what, 36 against Oklahoma State. They put up 41 against Texas Tech. Um, But you're getting points, one. And B, I like to mix up, you know, numbers and letters because it's fun. Um, I just think that they don't have the distractions surrounding them that LSU does. It's tough to stay focused when you've got all this stuff swirling around with sanctions and everything else. And now you've got to deal with an assistant coach taking the reins. We saw the same thing with Florida the other night against Iona. Yeah, they won the game. They didn't cover. Uh, So I'll take Iowa State in the points. I just, I can't trust LSU. I mean, look, they beat who they beat in the first round or in the uh, SEC tournament. Um, LSU ended up beating Missouri. And then yeah, right. They, they they beat those dorks and then lost. Yeah, well, Missouri, the only team they could beat up, was Ole Miss. The thing that I'm trying to just bring up though is the fact that Iowa State. We mentioned the terrible scoring numbers against those opponents. Oklahoma State ranks fifth in defensive efficiency. Texas Tech ranks first. LSU ranks fourth. Does it concern you at all that Iowa State might not reach 50 because the previous two games against the elite top five defenses they got absolutely demolished? Hey, you can win 50 to 49 and still win. Okay, that's true. All right. Fair enough. Good enough. All right, buddies. It is time. It is Friday. Chris, you going to stick around with us? You going to watch this part? Uh, yeah, we're running and get my food real quick. I'll pop right back out. Okay, very good. Uh, hey. Just take me a minute. All so right. I'll set my phone here and listen. Fair enough. Um, it's Friday. It's time to put on your good overalls, everybody. It is time <laughs> once again to cinch them up. Both straps. You know what I'm talking about. Don't go out there looking like a hillbilly. Put on your nice straw hat, climb aboard your John Deere, take out your lucky keys with that rabbit's foot attached, and get ready, folks, because it's the Friday edition of Bet the Farm. All right, Scott, I know we had a Bet the Farm play yesterday. How'd that go for us? So we ended up assuming that a Blue Jay would manage to beat or at least cover against an Aztec, and they did. They covered the plus two and a half as they won outright. Never read out. Cue to Banjos! 
Yeehaw! All right, there you go. Let's see what we've got cooked up for today for the farm, everybody. Um, it's the second day of the NCAA tournament. All kinds of games going on. So what are we going to do? We're going to the NBA, kids. We're going to take a look at one of our favorite fades, and it is the LA Lakers as they head north of the border to take on the Toronto Raptors. We're going to take the Raptors. Minus eight and a half. It laid a little extra juice there. Minus 115. And our pals over there at BetMGM. And this is a Toronto team that is playing pretty good basketball right now. 5-0 and straight up and against the number over their last five. You could not say that about the Lakers. You could, but you'd be a liar because they are 1-5 straight up, 1-5 against the number in their last six games. And these two teams just played in L.A., I believe. Uh, Toronto had no problem whatsoever. They uh, were able to beat them by 11 points. And finally, guys, this is our version of the Lakers. They just suck right now. They are 7-20 against the spread in their last 27 meetings. Lakers not playing good basketball at all, Scott. They are in danger of missing not just the playoffs, but the play-in games as well. I think Toronto keeps rolling them up right here. Give us the Toronto Raptors minus 8.5 against the Lakers. Not to mention the fact that LeBron, like always, is questionable. I'm yep. assuming he's going to play, right? but on the slim chance he doesn't, you're going to see a huge line move here, but why would anybody bet the Lakers? Can't do it. Can't do it. They're just, they've, they've shown nothing. They've shown they're, they're, they're disinterested. The defense has gone to shit. LeBron's the only one really scoring any points. Anthony Davis is out for the foreseeable future. Just nothing good to say about LA here. Yep. I agree. All right, there you go. So that's going to do it for Bet the Farm, and that's going to do it for our show, not only today, but this week as well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to our special guest, Chris King, as he does double duty from his show. Don't forget to check out his show, everybody. Jim King and, uh, excuse me, Chris King and Jim Williams doing just parlays every day right before us at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central. And Scott, you and I get together each and every day, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as once again, we will do our best. You guys check us out. Please have a great weekend. Hit all your plays. Let's go make some money. Let's get, get, the, get those brackets back in play. And if you're not going to win your brackets, at least win some money. All right? You guys have a great day. Check us out Monday, once again, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as we do our best to help you in your journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.